wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We are very pleased to bring you an episode here following the win over the Miami Dolphins, 41-14 Buffalo. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is with us. Greetings all, or good evening. And the co-president of the Chicago Bills backer, Sujit, also here today. Good morning. You don't have to get that close. <laughs> I've been told that I'm not loud enough to be on the podcast, so I've been put in the center. I'm trying to prove that that's not true. We are coming to you semi-live from the Bills Backers Bar here in Chicago, Illinois, Lincoln Station. It's one of two Bills Bars here in the city, but there's really only one Bills Bar in our hearts. We sit right down front. If you ever find yourself in the Windy City, come find us. We've got a lot to talk about with this convincing win over the Miami Dolphins, Bills and Beers. I know heck, I, I want to say billsandbeers.com, best way to find us, but I let that domain expire. Find us on Facebook at Bills and Beer. Find us on Twitter at Bills and Beers. Subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you got a hold of this podcast. Cassie, Suge, let's not waste any time and talk about this 41 to 14 shellacking that Bills. we put on the Miami Dolphins. Screw the Bills. So at the beginning of this game, I turned to Lars and I said, first of all, I'm plenty loud, but second of all, this is going to be a statement win for one of the uh, two teams because both teams have had wins against uh, the, the team that maybe was not as good as previously thought that they would be. For example, we beat the Colts, who have now almost gone 3-0. They squeaked out a win today. 0-3. Oh, 0-3, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, 0-3. Oh, I'm, I'm shocked that they won that game today. So, I said, you know, it's going to say a lot about these teams, because both teams are, maybe they're really good, maybe they're not so good. I think Miami definitely proved that they are definitely not so good. And or, we were, or we proved that or, we are really yes, good. Yes, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think that, yeah. I, I don't know that we're 41-14 good against the majority of the league, but we are a force to be reckoned with against anybody. We can play with anyone. We put 30 points up against the Patriots. Granted, it was, you know, you can argue whether it was as close as it was, but this was this was a special win. This was a, a score-at-will type of win. It was, and so let's, let's start with the negative first because it wasn't all pretty. So, Cass, we're going to come to you first. Who is your Jenny Creamill bummer of today's game? I mean, overall, I think the team played fairly well. I think my biggest bummer is Sammy Watkins. You know what? He gets injured. I, this could have been a breakout game for Sammy Watkins. Going downfield, going long, getting deep passes from Tyrod. So, not his fault. I know he's injured. We want him back next week. But Sammy Watkins really, really wanted to see a lot from him today. I and, and I think he was poised for a breakout game. What I loved about today's game was Tyrod taking shots downfield. And he did take the long shot to Sammy, who went up and got it, but fell about a foot out of bounds. Which was something Tyrod wasn't doing last week, and I was really happy to see that. And, and I'm with you, Cass. I think that given Tyrod's uh, mentality today, Sammy could have a huge game. Yeah. It's just interesting because I think that they've even, both players, both Tyrod and Sammy, have talked about their inadequate chemistry on the field. Yeah. That they don't really it's, get it's each other very though. well. I think it's, it's building, but I think it's very clear that he and Percy have a much better working relationship in terms of chemistry not that they don't like not that the other two don't like each other but just that 
they kind of know what the other one wants and what the other one's going to do. Um, so that's why, you know, the, you know, I'm glad to see Percy Harvin actually doing something. Well, you know, that and, was an off-season and, and, acquisition. And we will get to that. Suge, I know that your cream ale bummer of the week oh. is personal to you, so I'm going to save you for last. Okay. Cass, you went with a high-profile player, so I'm going to match you with a high-profile player, and I'm giving mine to LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy got into the end zone for the first time this season today. He had a nice little game, but in a game that we dominated, he really didn't do much, which opened the door for Carlos Williams to be oh yeah, the amazing running back that we've been saying he is for the last six months. But I was expecting LaShawn McCoy to have a big day. He did not. And Suze, you got some stats. Yeah, you- I mean, you know, we talked about this last time when we busted out the stats, and I said that, oh, LaShawn McCoy had a horrible per y- uh, rush average, and Carlos Williams had a great one, but Car- LaShawn McCoy ran so many more times. LaShawn McCoy ran 11 times, Carlos Williams ran 12 times. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had 16 yards, and Carlos Williams had 110. That's 1.5 yards average versus 9.2. But I think we, we agreed that. A lot of Carlos Williams, he benefits from having McCoy because he is a change of pace back, and the, and the two complement each other. I don't think Carlos Williams would be as good as he is without LaShawn McCoy. And obviously, when you get up on the team 27-0 at halftime, the game plan is going to be compromised. So I, we ha- we've had no reason to feature LaShawn McCoy in games like this. And- but I was expecting big things today. He's still injured. I, I don't think he's still at 100%. I think that hamstring is still bothering him. So I'm giving him a pass. I think that the Bills are resting him and not needing to go to him. I think later in the season, you better believe that it's going to be Shady McCoy's team. Now, Suge, we're going to come back to you here. I know that this Jenny Creamill bummer of the week hits Breaks very, my heart. very near and dear to your heart. But you have to, you have to face facts. So let's have it. How could you do it to me, booby? There's nothing that I love more in this world than Booby. Except for... In general. Except for when Booby runs the ball. Oh, Booby, 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 Booby. I can't say Booby enough. You know, it's I've supported you. I even looked aside when you were at those goal line stances and you tried to jump over the line rather than using all of your, like, 260 pounds as a battering ram. You decided to stop and try and hop over the line like you're Rob Riddick back in the day. I don't know what you're thinking, Booby. You got to run like a train. And it's not like you don't have a role model. There's a rookie on your team that is running like a train and Carlos Williams has shown you how to do it. You he, can still do it, Booby. You're playing great. Awful. Special teams. But man, you can't you can't do that, Booby. He you can't. It does uh, oh Lord. We were watching and there were literally three consecutive drives that stalled because of Booby Dixon. <laughs> One, because he like, you know, ran the ball and got a two-yard loss because he didn't put any power into it. And then the next one, there was a hole the size of Kansas, and he slipped at the line of scrimmage. It's like, Booby, look, I'm your biggest fan, but you are killing me, son. Well, when, when they when they called that inexplicable outside run to him, I mean, he looked like he was running through mashed potatoes. It looked like Kyle Orton running. As every defender was just swallowing him up in the backfield. And I love Booby, too. He's a great social media follow, but... Your guy, he's got to stick to what he does well, and right now running the ball is not that. Well, and the funny thing is that he ran better last season. Like so, there's no excuse for him to not be able to. He he used to be able to on on, during you know not goal line. He's always been a question mark goal line, but he used to be able to at least get positive yardage. And you know that's what we saw from Carlos Williams, and I know we'll talk about him later. But 
positive yardage, three and a half yards, four and a half yards, every single carry. There was almost zero oh, negative yards. Car well, first off, we'll get into we're it. gonna get into rant and raves, and it's hard not to rave about Carlos Williams every week. But let's let's go, let's switch over to the positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because I, I was gonna go Tyrod Taylor, but I'm gonna switch it up. I know, I know. Woo! On the fly. Um, Charles Clay. I'm giving mine to Charles Clay. Big play, Clay. Back in Miami, a little a little revenge game for him. He was the first to get a touchdown on the board today. But the reason he gets my Labatt Blue MVP of the game, with the exception of the one pass that went off his fingertips, that was a little bit on him, mostly on Taylor. Would have been a sweet play if they could have hooked up on it. He, and, it and it would have been a pick if he didn't at least yeah, touch yeah, it. Yeah, he wouldn't have tried yeah. for it. He is the athletic, pass-catching, playmaking tight end that Bills fans have been clamoring for for the better part of a decade. Bills fans, you wanted him. Doug Whaley and company went out and they got him. And Charles Clay has been good for a couple of great plays every game so far this season, dating back to the preseason. And on his touchdown run, we saw a guy catch the ball, make guys miss, break tackles, juke guys, and find his way to the end zone. Last week, I had the misfortune of being on a Patriots podcast they asked me what I should, what I can tell them about Scott Chandler. I said, Scott Chandler is great. He's got sure hands until he doesn't. But a stiff breeze will blow him over every time. Any player on the field could tackle Scott Chandler. He's not going to juke anybody. Big play Charles Clay is like a giant receiver out there in space. He makes guys miss. He finds the end zone. He gets open. He makes the catch. He was a great acquisition. And he had a great game today against his former team, the Miami Dolphins. It looked a lot better than the other side of the field with Jordan Cameron. That's true. Yeah, oh, so yeah. There's, oh, a, there's a direct comparison. You know, Both players were being talked about in the offseason as potential targets, as our big body tight end. And, you know, it's not just that. He's been pretty instrumental in that running game as well. Yeah. He opens up some nice big holds. I see um, Tyrod bringing him back into the backfield intermittently to set up runs, and, you know, he's, he's just been a solid player. So for my Labatt Blue Player of the Week, I am going to go with the MVP, Ronald Darby. Ronald yes. Darby. Yes. Man, yes. talk about an island. Yes. This guy had, I don't know if he had any passes that he really truly gave up. Um, I, I just can't think of them offhand, but I can think of several that he defended amazingly, and obviously I can think of the two picks that he had. Um, I mean, have we had a cornerback that in his first year has been able to pull off that He's type of amazing. play, you know, not Leotis McKelvin, not Stephon Gilmore. Everyone says, oh, you know, it takes a while to learn the NFL no. game. Gilmore's adjusting pretty darn fast. Darby. He learned it. Sorry. Darby's learning pretty darn fast, and he learned it in the preseason. Yeah. That's uh, that's where he got torched, and then he learned in the preseason. I'm totally and with He's you. been unbelievable. He has been amazing. He had another amazing game today. He is step for step with the receiver every time, all up in his grill, defending passes, getting picks. His pick again today was another great athletic play. The dude is fast as hell. He can make up ground. He has been amazing. And it, it, it's worth noting here that a quick shout out to the long forgotten Jammin' Jeff Day, who for years and years and years was just begging the Buffalo Bills to sign a cornerback with dreadlocks. Now we got three in Gilmore, Darby, and Butler. And Butler, by the way, should get a mention on this podcast too. He's been solid as hell. Does Harvin have dreadlocks? Harvin has no dreadlocks. Okay, never mind. Watkins does. Okay. Cass, coming to you, who is your Labatt Blue MVP of today's game? 
So I, I was I was considering this as my rave for today, but um, I, overall I gotta go Percy Harvin. I, from not only today's performance, but alone from the season and how we're utilizing him. I mean, he was like dead weight. People are like, you know, I would say in the offseason, wow, we picked up Percy Harvins, and people would be like, oh yeah, wow, he's gonna do nothing for you. And I'm like looking back at it now, and I'm like, the last three games, he has been nothing but a stud. He has been a go-to. He's been really great doing what, the end rounds out of the backfield. He's been a good target down the field, and again today. He just comes out, he catches the ball, he makes forward progress on it, and then he also puts the ball down and he says, all right, let's go to the next play. I, I mean, top down, class act, glad to have him on the team. And you know what I love, Cass? We, we kept getting a bunch of news articles in the offseason about Percy Harvin. Oh, I want to be more than a gadget player. I want to be an actual receiver. And we'd hear these, read these, and think, ah, well, that's great, Percy, but we got plenty of receivers on this team. If you're a gadget player, it means you have one 48-yard run for a touchdown every three games. That's what you're getting paid for. But in fact, he has been exact. Well, first off, he's been a little bit of a gadget guy. He's been getting the end arounds and those oh, things, yeah. and he's been doing great. But he's been a very reliable receiver. A hundred percent. I can't wait for that next time we pull the end around, and instead of handing the ball off, Tyrod pulls it down and just launches it downfield because everybody's thinking. Hey, let's go to the left side, right side's wide open, and bam, whoever it is, Hogan, Watkins, whoever it is, Clay's wide open down the right-hand side. So I, it's, I know that Suge went Darby with his Lubat Blue MVP of the game, but for the most part, we're talking about the offense here. We haven't mentioned Tyrod Taylor. We did mention, we mentioned McCoy, we mentioned Booby in a negative light, we mentioned how great Carlos Williams has been. But in general, our offense, I mean, the opening play or the opening drive today, they marched down the field it's electric. like they've been incredible. And I went into the season sort of almost with like a coin flip mentality. We have all these weapons, which means like we're going to be let down because we can't get any of them to go. But with all these weapons, they've done what I expected and more. And being able to consistently move the ball, find an open guy, find the mismatch, create the mismatch throughout every game of this season so far. Well, and Lars, I know you mentioned Tyrod, and we're all Bills fans here. Everyone listening is Bills fans. Who the hell is not super excited about him? But you don't want you don't you don't want to be excited about him because the moment it feels like we get excited about him, he's going to disappoint us. So I think like all of Bills Nation is like, okay, could this be real? Could, could this be our next quarterback? Wait, wait, let's not get excited. Let's be realistic. I'm with you, Cass. It, it, it's a pent-up excitement where we've been waiting for over a friggin' decade for a good Buffalo Bills quarterback, and we've seen it. I mean, we saw <coughs> lights and shining of uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, and then yeah. that We saw it from Lossman. We saw it from, from Edwards. Edwards. I mean, so I, I think it's we're on the brink, and I think that everyone just – no one wants to go all in on it yet. Like, can we please not give this man a contract midseason? Yeah. Please? No, no, we won't. Please. We won't. But, Cass, you've inspired me. We're going to move now into rants and raves. We're coming off a win, so we're going to rave this week. I was going to rave about Ronald Darby, but you've inspired me. I'm going to change it. And you're going to hear it next on Bills and Beers. Rants and Raves coming up. Go, Bills!
Grants and Raves! It's Grants and Raves! It's Grants and Raves! On Bills and Beers! So, uh, apparently we are not allowed to rant nope. anymore. Not when after the Bills a win. win. Not after a win. Even though I want to rant really badly about how piss poor CBS broadcast is and <laughs> how I hate the freaking late game. Jeez. Well, we had Spiro Dead Ace. Yeah, ruined my entire schedule. What do you do? 3 p.m. game? What, you eat? You go before? I mean, it's just all, everything. It was awful. It was the, the late game sucks. But the Bills come out with a win. So I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to say, what are we going to rave about? And we got plenty to do. So I'll go first since we, we left we, we we left off on the last segment talking about this guy. But let's just get right into it. Also, we need you to be locked in so that you don't change it. I'm locked in. I'm locked in to Tyrod Taylor, baby. I'm going to rave about Tyrod Taylor. Here we go. I talked on the first week of this podcast how I was pissed off about the national media saying that Tyrod Taylor is a big question mark. When all we saw from him, all we heard from him was he was an extremely athletic guy with a live arm who was a leader of men and super intelligent, and all he does is improve. Okay, that was great to hear. What we needed to see this week was a quarterback who could step up into the pocket and find his receivers and force teams to respect the pass so he could run the football. And what do we see today? Tyrod Taylor started the game seven for fucking seven for 150 yards. We didn't even run the ball on the opening drive. Tyrod Taylor stood back in the pocket, stepped up, made clean throws, accurate throws, smart throws, safe throws, good throws to the open receivers, found them in space, led them into space. They were able to catch the ball, make a play after the catch. And I'm telling you what, this guy, he knows where he needs to improve. He's got the humility. He's got the smarts. He's got the leadership to get better each and every week. He learned from his mistakes last week. And Tyrod motherfucking Taylor, he's, he's got me 30 fantasy points the last two weeks. This guy's a goddamn juggernaut. Praise him. You praise him. Praise him. Praise Tyrod Taylor. I turned to Susan and said he's the best quarterback in a Bills uniform since Jim Kelly. That claim has been thrown around a lot about a lot of quarterbacks in the last 12 years. But I'll tell you what, Tyrod Taylor is the man. He's better than Flutie. And if he continues this trajectory, he's going to be in the running for MVP of the NFL. Hot damn, hot damn. That, that made me a little moist. I'm not going to lie. That Love made me, some me a Tyrod little moist. Taylor. You know, I love me some Tyrod Taylor, and I'm not I'm not going to get loud about Tyrod Taylor. I'm just going to be like, yeah, he's just that good. I'm, I'm going to be loud because shit about I'm Tyrod Taylor. I'm not going to get loud because I'm not. they're not going to take this away from me. They're not going to take Tyrod away from me. And as soon as I get excited about him, just like Cassie said, they're going to take him away from me. <laughs> so I'm not going to get excited. I'm not going to let the media start talking about Tyrod Taylor. Oh, shit. Is this going on right now? Sorry. Cubs game. It's going to affect my drive home. <laughs> okay. Guys, <laughs> Uh, large change of subject. So, I'm not going to let him get excited about it. I'm just going to love every second of it. I will say, though, the one thing he does, he drops that long ball, and when it connects, it's perfectly placed, just like J.P. Lossman. When he does that, when he does that intermediate throw and the timing pass, is just like Ryan Fitzpatrick that actually, but the only difference is he actually hits it right in stride. And when he looks at a defense connection, besides Bill Belichick's defense, when he looks at a defense that knows how to find the open receivers, he does it just as well as Trent Edwards used to. So, he's he has a he's little bit best. of everything. And, and he can run and scramble like Flutie. That's true. All right, so it's time for me to rave. Booby Dixon broke my heart this week, but my heart was filled with the story of Carlos Williams, our fifth-round draft pick 
the last fifth round draft pick that we all like to rave about also has the initials KW yeah. in Kyle Williams. Woo-hoo, There's K-W. something magical about a fifth round draft pick with K with KW. K Williams. K Williams. K Williams. If, if there's ever a person in the fifth round named K Williams, we have to take him. Because <laughs> quite arguably, we were discussing today. Hey, but that I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. The highlights are on here at the bar. We haven't even mentioned Tyrod's throw to Chris Hogan. Oh, I'm God. sorry. Oh God. He's so good. He's so good. Lars's rave I'm is so over, but yeah, he's raving. still raving. I'm in still raving about Tyrod Taylor. If, if you ever interrupt oh. my rave again, sorry, go rave, rave, <laughs> I'm gonna have go, to stab somebody. I'm sorry, who? All right, this guy, he does everything we ask him to. When he gets in the open field, he runs. He has touchdown. Nobody who are you touched about? him. Carl. Okay, Carlos. What do you mean, who I'm talking about? Carlos. Stop. Okay. <laughs> His touchdown. He was untouched. That's untouched. Like, that's like LaShawn McCoy stuff. No one can touch him. Yet, when I just want him to pile up the middle, he gets three and a half, four yards each time. He pushes the pile backwards. He does, and when he when he gets up to the line, he finds the crease right away. He doesn't dilly-dally in the backfield. He's so good. He does everything you want a running back to do. He's so good. Yeah. He's, so, he's, he's averaging so nine yards a game. This guy is a game changer. Please, God, let him not get injured. Please, God, let him continue to just be on the route that he is because we've been talking about is it possible that the Bills may have both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year? Ooh. We know that Carlos Williams, you know, has He's, been pretty hey, amazing. I, 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 he, but we know Marcus Mariota's make, out there. Make a case for somebody other than Carlos Williams for the offensive rookie yes. of the year right now. And then defense, how many quarterbacks have performed like Ronald Darby? How many have passes defended? Oh, how are many? two raves here? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting We're raving about the 2015 rookie class now, baby. Yeah. Go, go. John Miller, right. what about him? Are you done? So, and could we potentially have two Pro Bowl guards? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, John Miller, no. Richie Incognito, yes. yes. Which right, I, think, I think segues nicely into your rant or your rave. My rave. Oh, well, my rave, I'm, I'm going to take a step back here. And um, I'm going to let everybody know that last week I was in Cleveland. Yes, it was a great game. Watch it with my family, but it, it overall sucked. But all the way back on my drive, uh, five hours. I listened to WGR and I got nervous. I got nervous as hell because you know what? Nobody knew what the hell was going to happen to this team this week. Who was going to show up? Was it going to be the team of the, that we played against the Colts or is it going to be the team against the Patriots? You know what? I'm raving about the way this team friggin' responded. Yes. yes. Right? Like, we going down into Miami. It wasn't Miami at home. It was going down to Miami. And did this team come to show up? Hell yeah, they did. Hell yeah. There was not one player, I don't think, that did not come to show up. And you know what? Who else came to show up? Rex motherfucking Ryan. You know why? Because he said in his press conference, I can't let my emotions get a hold of me. And in that third quarter, when the refs were getting freaking down on us, Rex is like chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit to go off. He spazzed out. And he he held it in. Because you know what? He still spazzed. He still spazzed. I mean, he held it in, but it was like, (laughs) I've never, I thought he was going to pop. I mean, he did like a, (laughs) but he like, he like had had his headset in his ear. I thought he was going to rip off his ears. He looked like he was having like an autistic kid meltdown. Oh yeah. And that is what this team did. And you know what? (laughs) That makes me so confident. In this team that we have, they came back. They responded. The yes. defense, the defense is like, hell no, we're not gonna go out thinking that everybody thinks the way we played against the Patriots. We're gonna come out. We're gonna sack Ryan Tannehill. He's gonna do nothing on us. And if he does, it's gonna be a random scream, like scramble play. Can we talk about what a joke his second touchdown was? Oh my god! Like what? 
All of his touchdowns were terrible. Bill's it, playing soft to kill his, time. Is, is his middle name Lowell? Because every time I watch him, all I think is Ryan Lowell Tannehill. That's oh. LOL. Laughing out loud. You suck. Go, Cassie. Oh, you yes. So, anyways, this team, don't back down. They did. They came into this game. They wanted to win. And you know what? I can't wait for the motherfucking G-men to come oh. into Ralph Wilson. You are going down. It's a bloodbath. I love that. That's a great transition. Let's get into wild card and predictions. Welcome back. It's the wild card. You are right. listening to Bills and Beers, uh, the Buffalo Bills podcast. We Subscribe talk about the on Bills. iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. Today, I switched things up and went off special to get the Euclid Burgile, a Ooh. yes, an IPA here from North Center, Chicago, which if you're not from the area, I will tell you is one of the more underrated neighborhoods here in Chicago. Five years ago, the wife Jackie and I did a tour of burger restaurants, so-called best burger in Chicago, as listed by many different publications, national and local, and our favorite places in North Center. Green Apple? Bad Apple. Bad Apple, that's Bad right. Apple up on Lincoln. It's a wonderful neighborhood. 48th Ward. 48th Ward? 44th? 44th? 47th Ward. Uh, uh, Amaya Puar, the alderman. Great guy. A lot of good development. Great brand new Lou Malnati's up there. I highly recommend North Center. And I, I, and I, rec- I recommend the uh, Euclid Beguile. It's a nice it's a nice little hoppy IPA. 5.5%, 5 volume. And it's tasty. It's good. It's malty. It's, it's better than the Labatt we've been drinking all day. I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep drinking my Labatt Blue. I'm going to keep acting right. You all can change everything you want to. You ain't going to change me. I'm drinking my Labatt Blue. And uh, coming from me, I uh, I went back. I hearkened back to my roots. Ooh. I looked at the... Left hand? Yeah. No. A little Vandermill ginger peach hailing from Spring Lake, Michigan, Uh, just over the uh, river from where I live in in Grand Haven, Michigan. Um, It's it's a nice, it's it's got, uh, it's a refreshing balance. It says a ginger bite, it does have that bite. A little nice bit of uh, peach coming through there, but the bite at the end is a, it does, it it brings me back to a little sushi, a little uh, ginger to end your uh, sashimi plate. Don't sleep on ginger, Ginger peach beers. No, that is no. a good combination. And Excellent. Fr- apricot beers, like like the Magic Hat Number Nine. I understand fruit beers in general get a bad rap, but oh. peach and apricot beers. Pretty damn good. There is an excellent apricot beer actually hailing out of Dry Dock in uh, Colorado. It doesn't get distributed much out of Colorado because it's got such a big following. But if you do get a chance in Colorado to have the Dry Dock Apricot Blonde, amazing, amazing. All right, listeners, I just want you to know that I'm having to sit here and listen to two people yeah, talk about fruit hold, no, beers come on, get out here. on one no, no, ear no, no, no. and then the last other fruit year, beer on we, the other ear. Please, please. So, we talked about it on this you know, podcast last year. I'm just year. saying. You're the one that brought two twelves of the Shinerbach cheer over to my place. But that's because you requested them. Because it's a peach pecan <laughs> You asked, I was in Target, and there was a giant pile of this beer that you, you said was so rare. 2013. So, anyways, um, back to the podcast. I'm drinking Labatt Blue. <laughs> okay, so wild card, baby. We're trying to figure out. You know, Rex Ryan, man. He said, "I'm gonna keep it all inside. I'm gonna control my emotions. I gotta lead by example. I can't let 
Jerry Hughes and Aaron Williams to lose their mind while I'm losing my mind. Someone's got to keep their mind. Somebody so we saw it today. today. On that, on that, we yeah. saw it today. Him try to keep it in. When those refs were making those bad calls, he thought, I thought he was going to tear off his ears. Dude. He was so angry. He got pissed. This is going to continue all season, right? Because it's Bills. He's never been in the Bills organization. He doesn't know that we go through this on a regular basis. So we need to help Rex. We need to find some stress relief ideas for Rex on the sidelines. So that's our wild card. What exactly could we suggest to Rex for stress relief? So Rick's, my idea, oh, oh, my no, idea, no, I'm going to no, go first. No, no. I'm going. You introduce, I go first. Okay, don't take my idea. Oh, oh, oh. we already discussed, that's why I get to jump in. So, you know, being from Buffalo, what does Rex need? He needs to gnaw on a mighty fine chicken wing. Ooh. Like, they need to deliver him, like, a hot, like, saucy chicken wing. And he's, like, dip it in some, like, blue cheese or ranch, and then just take, a, like, a big bite out of it. And like tear it, tear it off, tear that meat off the bone. I mean, how amazing would it be if like during the course of the game, if things were boring, right? And you just they cut over and Rex is like sitting there eating a wing with like both hands. Wing just like all over his face. All over his face, all over his face, like Flintstone style. Or even better, once we score a touchdown, it's like kind of unexpected. You see him running down the sideline with a wing in his hand, you know, like shouting up and down. What I would love is... Oh my God, it would be amazing. You know the, you know the, the, uh, like the... $19,000 $19,000 a year flunky who has to run out onto the field and spray the water bottles into the players' mouths. I'd love if that same guy had to run up and down the sideline with a giant chinga wing, putting it in Rex Ryan's mouth for him. Oh, yeah, or behind him. Just yeah. behind him the whole time with a plate of wings. Yeah. And they switch them out so they're hot. See, I like that. What I would suggest is, being from Western New York, he's within striking distance of Lilydale, which, for our listeners who aren't familiar, or even for our podcasters, based on your reaction, just that don't know what Lilydale is, Lilydale is a mystic community in western New York where it's a bunch of psychics living in what, they, what they've claimed to be a very highly spiritual area. They have a magical stump. They have, like, a, an enchanted forest there. And people travel from all over the world to Lilydale to get their fortunes read. Have you never heard of this? No. no. So, oh, yes. I actually think you're making it up. I am not making this up. This is Lilydale. So, being in Western New York, what I'm thinking, he should have like a spiritual leader who follows him on the sideline. What I'm thinking is some, some like a 62-year-old, five-foot-three-inch woman with long gray curly hair named Tabitha, who wears like a daishiki and big beaded necklaces. And hemp, and, hemp. Yeah, hemp. Yeah, a giant hemp earrings. You should know that daishiki, according to, uh, Ancient don't Robert? be a menace to South Central while sipping your juice in the hood. That dashiki is Swahili for doggy style. I just thought you should know that. Well, then fine. We'll, 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 we'll make it a little more we'll, compatible with, with your people, and we'll say it's a sari. It's a sari. It's just yeah. a giant bright red I actually, sari. I, you know, I like your idea, but I actually think that what we should have is like a voodoo medicine man. No, but what I'm Like saying, with like voodoo dolls and like potions no, 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 and no. incenses burning on the side. He's like, you just see him like poking Bill Belichick over and over again with his eyes bugging out. It'd be amazing. But what I'm saying is, I do like the idea of the spiritual. So, so we're gonna have, we're gonna see Rex on the sideline with a giant white gleaming smile with those huge chompers. He's got a huge hookah necklace on. He's just at peace with the world. Now this might not this might not jive well with our attacking defense. I understand as much. But I'm saying Rex might benefit from like a 48 hour session in one of the sweat lodges there could also help accelerate the whole lap band thing. You went chicken wings, I'm going sweat lodge. You're talking about 40 extra pounds, I'm talking about 40 less pounds. Such, what do you But got? I'm thinking, generally speaking, you know. It, it, All right, so I think that, you know, Rex doing well with the weight loss. 
The problem with the wings is that he can only have like one or two and he gets full after the lap band. The problem with the, the medicinal man is that he's going to cause too much peace on that sideline. Yeah, Jerry Hughes is going to fall asleep <laughs> and all hell is going to break. Or Jerry Hughes is going to go postal. if there's like a medicine man over there, like there's gonna, it's going to go crazy. People are going to be like sacrificing animals on the sideline. It's going to be all messed up. It's going to be like Major I want League it two. to be, I want Rex to find peace, everyone else to find it amusing, and the intensity can remain. So, what we need, a la, uh, a la, a la, no, 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 a la doctor. This is not an opportunity for you to push <laughs> your religion, Sujit. That is not my religion. But in the in the theme of Doctor Evil's white cat, that he just kind of slowly pets every day, we need one of the department stores in Buffalo to deliver Rex Ryan a mannequin's foot. <laughs> that he could just during the course of the game when things get rough, he just pets the foot. He just holds it in his arms like that white cat. Or what if we have like, like a Mr. Foot Bigglesworth? Model. And no, you can't actually carry around a woman's no, foot. No, have him like a, on a gurney and somebody like having the, like just like just like cat. I want him to be able to Cass, hold it. Yeah, but Cass has the, the wings on a plate. Somebody could like wheel in the foot so he can hold the foot and just like just have this man or woman laying on a gurney next to Rex Ryan at all times. I like him being able to hold it and caress it in his arms at all times. Yeah. And he can run down this sidelines. He's going to hold on to it the way my daughter holds on to her little owl blankie. Okay, it's going to be his security blanket. It's going to keep him centered It's and he's just going to pet it all day. He's like, oh, I like the progression of these things when we score a touchdown. And when he's angry, he's just going to stick his fingers in between the toes and just like find peace. He's going to do this whole serenity now thing. So a foot. Rex Ryan needs a foot to pet during the course of the game. So today's win comes as no surprise to yours, truly. I don't think it came as a surprise to either of you either. No. Um, no. The, the, the manner in which we won was pleasing, although, again, not at all surprising. Next week, we have the New York We Can't Play Defense Giants coming to the Ralph. And I'm feeling pretty goddamn good about that game. If they can't play defense and they cannot play defense and they can't stop the run, we could easily hang another 40 on a team next week. So I'm saying Buffalo runs away with the Giants game next week, 46 to 13. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. All right, baby. How good does I, it feel to be able to make that prediction and know it's actually bona- like it could happen? I actually think we're going to get an Aaron Rodgers-esque shellacking of Eli Eli Manning. What? I, no, meaning, no, like what we did meaning like what we did to Aaron Rodgers. Oh. I think that, you know, they, they think they'll hang their hands on, oh, Eli Manning is, good, is you know, a pretty good quarterback, and, and you know, they'll, they'll score some points. But I actually don't think that Eli Manning is that good of a quarterback, and I think that our defense is that good of a defense. Uh, no one's Tom Brady. Uh, but, you know, when we, when we played people that weren't Tom Brady – we embarrassed them, and, and I think we, we will noted, continue we noted to that today. Them. Yeah, the, like the just the palpable difference between Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that our offense maybe takes a little bit of a step backwards, but I think that it's going to be by design. I think that we're actually going to run the ball a lot. I think Carlos Williams and uh, LaShawn McCoy will both have over 100 yards rushing. That's what I'm going with. I think we put 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, I think that we're, we, we don't have a ton of points, but we control the game. We have a huge time of possession differential uh, and that we run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So I think that our the score will be 28 to 17. Wow. I don't see them scoring 17 points. Yeah, maybe not. But I think, you know, like we saw this game with the garbage time touchdowns and things like that. I was expecting you to say like 28 to 6. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. 
So, uh, being back in Buffalo after that very difficult uh, New England loss, um, I do have to say apologies to my dear friend Andy Madison, who is a big Giants fan. Sorry, buddy, but um, you're going to be crying this next week because I think we're going to come out big 38-13. to 13. Yep. I, no one no one stopped us yet at putting points on the board, even the Patriots. Yep. We still put up 32 there, so I think our offense is big, and our defense is just going to continue to steamroll. I think there's no chance. Eli Manning's a good quarterback, but the tools and utensils around him aren't as good. So. Well, you heard it here first, and, and I, I would say that the consensus would be the best defense we've played all season we played today in their own house, and we took it to them. So... If they can stay centered, and I think they learned their lesson last week against the Patriots about getting too fired up. If they can stay focused, stay centered, and go out there and do their job, it's going to be an easy win next week for the Giants, or against the Giants, rather. And how good does it feel to say that? How good does it feel as a Bills fan to enjoy the last hour and a half to two hours of a game today without having to be a nervous wreck? I mean, we actually all, like, talk to each other about, yeah. like, like, Interests and hobbies and like what's going on. I will on? say yeah. that when people come up to us though and start talking to us in the middle of the game uh, and it's third and fourth down, like, no, you still got to pay attention, okay? That's true. True. I don't know. We, we ain't got to get just watch a game when it's first down and it's in between plays. Let's talk then. Otherwise, I don't want to talk, baby. Find us at Bills and Beers on Twitter, Bills and Beers on Facebook, Sunscribe on iTunes, Bills and Beers Podcast. Best way to get this. Just pull it up on your phone. Subscribe on iTunes. You'll get this podcast every Sunday night after the game. We're feeling good about next week. We're feeling great about this week. From the Chicago Bills backers, I'm Lars. For Cassie, Sujit, the long-forgotten Jam and Jeff Hay, and, of course, Buffalo Bill Belcher, oh, who which, was out here. By the way, Bill Belcher, I don't remember his picks. Okay. Good to know. Thanks for being with us. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know how you found our podcast. Tune in, tune in next week when we'll be here after the Giants game. But until then... Enjoy the victory week. Go Bills. The Bills make me wanna. Shout to the Bills.